Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie D. Today we're talking... Libraries. Libraries. <laughs> the library. Check it out. Check out a book. <laughs> you know what's up. Top of the hour, we're going to go ahead and shout out the people in the Discord who suggested that we talk about libraries today. Smazzy, Bingo, Bongo, Bango... Quinn and Alexis Lerdeline, all on the Discord, all requested an episode about libraries. So. What is a library? A library is a curated collection of sources of information and similar resources selected by a panel of experts and made accessible to a defined community for reference or borrowing. And they're usually pretty quiet. I've heard arguments against the idea of a library is simply a collection of books, specifically the Little Free Library. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about Little Free Libraries before we get into the big expensive libraries? The thing is with the Little Free Library is I would be shocked if I ever came across one and it had a single book in it that I wanted to read. It's always like five Betty Crocker microwave cookbooks. And then there's like... A bird map. <laughs> <laughs> and like a very chewed up copy of The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Right, right. I'm against the Little Free Library, not least of which because... I pass a little free library on the way to the public library when I walk there. <laughs> and it's like, bro, if you live a block from the library, like, don't... You're just, like, being an asshole. There's, like, a big free library right there. And it... you can get anime there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The idea is that the library has people who are knowledgeable in finding information. Right. If you have an idea of something you want, a librarian would be able to help you find it. They're well-versed in all the reference materials. It would probably surprise you what a librarian would be able to find for you. Right. I would not be that surprised because I used to work at the library. So what did you do when you worked at the library? I was a page at the library. It was like the bitch of the library. <laughs> <laughs> the library's bitch. <laughs> I would put all the books back. Every book that anyone ever returned to the library, I would have to put it back on the shelf. And in between doing that, I would get called to the front desk, which is why I was called a page, because they would page me. I would go to the desk, and they would give me a piece of paper with some reference material on it. And I would have to go into the basement or go into some far side of the library and dig shit up for people. I will tell you, though, there is nothing sweeter than the slacking off that you do, like, when you get a bunch of magazines to put back. Oh. And you go down into the magazine basement where there's no one's allowed down there. And then you just fucking thumb through shit. Oh. <laughs> now what? <laughs> that would have been that would have been a fantastic job. I really should have gotten now we talked about this a little while ago when we were teens. I mean, I'd gotten a lot of jobs where I think the intent with the job was to teach me a lesson. But the library job would have just taught me that reading is cool, which like that's also a good lesson. <laughs> When I think about it, I think that working at the library is my least favorite job I've ever had in my life. Really? I hated it so fucking much. I hated it so fucking much. <laughs> it was the most mind-numbingly boring shit in the fucking universe. I would get there, and I would be there for like eight hours, and I would look, and it would be 45 minutes. 
Oh. <laughs> it was the fucking pits. It was. Like, <laughs> so it was just. It. So it was just quiet, and you would just spend your whole time like with your head on your side, looking at the numbers. I would spend all of my time either standing in the back room with the big pile of loose books that just came through the book shoot. Oh no! You had to get those. Yes, there is the room where everyone, when you put your books in the drop thing inside yeah. the library, there's like a cart inside of it, and they would wheel it into this room, and then the room was where the drop box from the outside was. So you spent a large amount of time just picking... Organizing books in order to go put them up on the shelf. Picking up books out, loose books mm -hmm. from a bin mm -hmm. and turning them around so you could see the numbers. Yes, and then I would get a cart and what oh. I would do is I would take all the books that came in. This <laughs> is boring as shit. I would, I would loosely organize them into like groups of like the, the Dewey decimals. So I put all the 100s together, I put all the 200 together, and I put all the 300s together. And so it was like loosely organized, right? And then I had all the fiction in one spot. And then I would make carts up in order to like save myself having to walk over the whole library. So I would do like the 100s and 200s of the Dewey decimal system at a time. And then I would put them in, in Dewey decimal order. And then I would go roll them over to the fucking rack and put them back on the rack. And then I would go back and I would do it again. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of shoulder and core work. Right now, that would ruin me. It was fucking mind-numbingly boring. It was the fucking most boringest shit in the fucking universe. And then one day a week, I would have to work a really long shift in the children's department. And the children's department was even more fucking boring than working the regular part of the library because I never had to go on reference runs when I was doing stuff in the children's department. And so I never got, like, the brief break in monotony that was having to run to a different part of the library and get an old magazine for somebody or go find a microfiche. <laughs> oh, so you never, nobody ever came to the reference desk. See, that was the lady who worked at the, who went to college. Like she was the one who talked to that kid. I'm the one who she would go page for reference. And then I would go over there and she'd be like, I need the first four issues of Sesame Street magazine. <laughs> oh, the most boring job I had, I worked uh, in a home store. What do you call it? It wasn't home goods, but it was- It was similar. They had a bunch of rugs, and before they reorganized the rugs, I don't think they ever figured out what I was doing. I just think that the manager was so stupid that they had not figured out a way to put rugs in such a way that you could see them. So they had gotten some large tables, and they had draped the rugs over the tables so customers could pull up some of the rugs and look at the rugs underneath. Yeah. But then there were rolled up rugs beneath all the tables, and then the rugs were draping down, so they covered up the pile of rugs beneath, and I would crawl in there, and I would go to sleep on top of the pile of rugs. <laughs> but usually when I worked, it would just be me and this extremely old lady who was just always out of it. So I would do like whatever I had to do and I would go sleep in the rugs and then I would like kind of peep out, make sure she wasn't watching and I'd get up and start tidying. And then she'd walk down the aisle and be like, oh, there you are. I was wondering where you were. And I'm like, I've been working. Where have you been? <laughs> I've been working my ass off. <laughs> No, the library job, I hated it so much. I'll tell you how much I hated it. Towards the end, like the last few months when I was working there, like I was trying to find another job, but I couldn't find one that was like as clean as working at the library. Like 
working at the library was a step up. Like it was insanely boring and I hated it, but it paid like a little bit more and I didn't have to smell like onions. Like when, like when I worked at Subway. Yeah. Right. And so it was like a step up. Like I'm like tidy now. I wear nice clothes at work and I like that better than working in a fast food place. And so I was trying to find a job that was like of a similar, similar caliber. And so I was just working and working and working and I hated it so much and I hated it so much that I would, I would had to walk to work every day, and I would cry the whole way down there. Oh, no. <laughs> and you know me. I'm, like, not a crier. No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just not. Oh. I would just weep the whole way to work. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to go. I hate it so much. It's going to feel like 25 years before I get to fucking leave. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Oh. It was so fucking insanely boring. I it was my least favorite job I've ever had. I would rather work any job I've ever had rather than have to go back to the library. Have you ever had nightmares about working in the library? I've had dreams about working in the library. And I liked I liked the being at the li- at the library in my dreams as much as I did when I was working there, so maybe that wasn't a nightmare, perhaps. <laughs> I mean if you have if you have a dream and you don't like it, that's kind of a nightmare, really. I mean, it wasn't, like, terrified or anything. I've had, well, see, a nightmare to me is any dream where, like, the vibe is that I don't like what's going on and I can't escape. Like, for me, my most predominant nightmare is I'm living in Cincinnati and I'm living in my old apartment. And I'm just there in the apartment and I guess I have to live here now. <laughs> And it's just like this crushing, just this this weight upon my soul. And I just accept it and I just go through my nightmare. And everything is always just totally normal, but I have to live in Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, the most common nightmare I have is I am in an elevator and the elevator doors close and I go to push the button and I have to go like really long distance in the elevator. It's like 10 or 15 stories, you know? Yeah. And the elevator starts swinging around on the, on that cable, like someone's swinging it like a lasso. So it starts, (laughs) so it starts going horizontally. Horizontally. And then it starts like spinning around a little bit and like, like all over the fucking place. Oh, <laughs> and then I'm like inside the elevator trying to like not die while that's happening. Yeah, that's what the little railing is. Yeah, that's, that's what the railing is for. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the railing is that's... for in my dream, too. <laughs> when this shit starts moving horizontally, <laughs> I practice. I'm ready for it. <laughs> so. A library provides physical or digital access to material. It also has books, periodicals, newspapers, manuscripts, films, maps, prints, documents, microform, CDs, cassettes, videotapes, DVDs, Blu-ray discs, ebooks, audiobooks, databases, candy, pizza, high fives, <laughs> great, <it>. great oldies. <laughs> it probably, it probably does have all those. <laughs> I actually, I really do like the library. I hung out in the library a lot as a kid and a teenager and a young adult just because there was so much stuff there. And it was like going to a mall, but all they had for sale were ideas and the ideas were all 100% off. (laughs) I've always liked going to the main library 
in whatever city I lived in. Obviously, you know, it was a different time. I think it was, you know, about 20 years ago, I got a CD burner and then I went down to the library and I would go to the library two or three times a week and I would check out the maximum number of CDs and I would come home and burn copies of the CDs. Right. That was like the main scam at the library. Yeah. That was a great, that was a great scam. <laughs> that was a good one. I think all of those have already rotted out because you know how CDRs just like rot. Yeah. I went to the library a lot as a teen because you could be, you could convince your parents to drop you off at the mall, but there was always a vibe of like, what are you going to do there? Because at that point, the mall had already started dying. So they're like, there's nothing to buy there. <laughs> You're going to mob around with my friends or whatever. But like, you go to the library. Can you drop me off at the library? And the answer was always, well, of course. Certainly, young scholar. <laughs> and to my credit, I would go to the library and read books. It was just more books than I had at home. Right. And, you know, I always like going to the library recreationally. That's why I, I was so bummed out when I hated that job so much. <laughs> I love reading. I will read anything. I'm constantly reading something. I will go to the library still and just walk around the nonfiction section and flip through the books. And see what turns you on. See what's popping. Sometimes it's like a... Windows 3.1 reference book, and you're like, what are you still doing here, buddy? <laughs> well, someone's going to need it. Some kid is going to have to fix a, a Windows, and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? That's a little hamster wheel inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, in addition to providing materials, libraries also have the services of librarians who are like professionals at finding and organizing information and interpreting information needs. So getting you set up with what you need in order to learn about the thing you want to learn about. And they make the library a lot more efficient. You can go to the reference librarian. They're kind of people who enjoy being able to know like where to get information. So if you went and you said, hey, I need a map of my neighborhood from 1964, they'd be like, oh yeah. They'd start rubbing their hands like Birdman. <laughs> Because they would be like, maps, library, information, old, oh, up my alley. Right. We got this. Let's do this. Right. People are busy. I really appreciate people who like information and like knowing things and finding things as much as I do. So I like personally jive with the idea of of librarianism. Right. I wonder if it's I wonder if it's more exciting to be the librarian as opposed to be the person who just puts all the books away. <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot more fun. It probably is. I mean, you were the page. That's like in a kingdom. That's again one of the lower ranks. Like if you were the queen of the library, you would have a much better time. All of the workers would be feeding you library jelly. Head librarian is like a is a drunk with power. Get fucked everybody. Fuck you. I'm the head librarian. <laughs> That's probably suck this ass, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're like. <laughs> well, I got my master's in library science, and uh, I did a study about how to suck this ass, fucker. <laughs> I can find all kinds of documentation about why you just need to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> My mom got a degree in library science. Yeah, she was a librarian. 
She was a library scientist, yeah. She think the books were cool. She did think that books were cool. She Yeah, she likes reading she, true crime books. She and I, that's what she and I always talk about. Why don't you read this book about mass axe murderers killing people in the forest with the axe? And she's like, Oh, fantastic, I love it. Gonna read it and then she's about how she's like, How about this one? This one's fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only she never says fucked up. That's a that's a generation gap. She hates cussing, but she loves books, so <laughs> You know, take what you can get. She likes books about murder. Who doesn't? I love them. I don't think I read books about murder. You know what I? You know what I like to read books about? If there's a book by a guy who's like, "Have you ever thought about electrons?" and I'm like, "Go on," and he's like, <laughs> "What if electrons aren't real?" I'm like, "You got me." <laughs> All ears, buddy. So you know how when you observe an electron, you can tell it's like position but not its momentum and i'm like yeah boss and then he's like well what if a signing of a spin state to an electron is just a token to enable our limited understanding of what an electron is and i'm like i gotta read the rest of this (laughs) chapter five did you know that reality isn't real that's right I'm there. I'm here for it. Nothing's real. Did you know that the first libraries were in 2600 BC? That makes sense. Was there a name of the first one or was it just some guy got a bunch of books and he was like, this should be a thing? No, they were storing a cuneiform script in a temple room in Sumer. Okay, so like clay tablets? Yeah, buddy. Did they have a different... I mean, you don't know. Maybe you know. Did they have a separate clay tablet that was like a card catalog? It was a clay catalog. <laughs> you want me to tell you how they did it? Yes. They make some slabs. You know slabs. That's right. That's when you take some clay and you roll it up in a slab, like a pancake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they would poke their words in it, and then they would let it dry. Some of them, they would just let it get dried all the way, and then some of them, they would actually bake it in a kiln, but not all of them were kiln-fired. But they were about an inch thick, and then they would put something on the outside edge that said what it was. Okay, so they had spines. Mm-hmm. So you would run your finger down the cuneiform shelf, and you'd be like, this is what I need. Right. Most of the archives in the libraries were records of commercial transactions and things like that. It was basically when people first started writing things down, which is the point where history started. So the first, the reason they started history is for receipts. (laughs) Your order history. (laughs) Well, if you, I mean, if they decide, okay, we're going to start history now, then obviously like the first things that would, that would be recorded would be very minor things. Because it takes a long time for major things to happen and for people to be able to write about them. And so you're going to accumulate a lot of receipts first. Well, and I think the idea of writing down things that happen, you would be more apt to write down like statements of how much grain you traded and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because like the major events, like who went to war with whom, you'd be like, everybody knows that. I don't have to write that down. Right. There's no way I'm going to remember how much grain Ramses gave me. Right. And then here's the proof that I paid him. And we're going to put it in the library because this stuff is kind of a pain in the ass to carry around. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you maybe they kept the clay like slightly moist for a while. Maybe they kept a ledger for a minute before they would fire it. Think about it. What would you put on your clay tablet? 
I had that idea for an art project where I'm going to start writing shit on clay tablets and just, like, tossing it in a river. But you're going to fire the clay. Yeah, yeah. So that it vitrifies. Yeah, so it's permanent. And you're just going to leave them, you're going to bury them and throw them in the river and stuff. Yeah, they're just going to be, like, little rocks, but they're going to have words in them, and they're forever. Someone might find it in, like, 5,000 years and be like, we need to decipher what this says. I think that's a great idea. And I'm going to put something real weird on it, and then people are going to think weird shit was going down. In, in these times <laughs> yeah why not i think the idea poison the, the historical record a little bit history is only as real as reality right and just think about it all this all this stuff that we've been like newspapers everything everything's moving on to the internet what happens if the computers something happens with the computers and we lose all of the fucking shit we have on them then all we have is those shits that i tossed in the river now right. I'm master of our destiny. What is more like? Who? What do you think is going to last longer? The computer system that's maintaining all of our files that only exist as computer files, or that shit I just tossed in the river? <laughs> think about that one. You know, if I'm <laughs> if I'm here in five thousand years, I'll let you know. I hope we're not. One of the things that you brought up with the clay tablets, Natalie, is the idea that all the shit we have from. Sumeria, mm -hmm. a lot of it is just like receipts, just like I traded my grain for this meat. I traded uh, my leather armor for a shoddy sword or whatever people were doing back then. <laughs> the idea that anything would be left of our whole computer, our whole computer thing that we're doing now with the computers, like if there is any data saved, the preponderance of data would just be bullshit. It would be like, we've recovered like 500K of this guy's DMs, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> His buddy put an image, and the image didn't load, but he said, lol. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, your order history, just like you said, like, we found some order history from 2020. Okay, oatmeal, chocolate chip, Quest bars. <laughs> they keep buying them. This must be the main thing they ate back then. <laughs> this was a major food source <laughs> for the lower class. It was called Quest bars. <laughs> You can have breakfast or lunch or both. It was some. It was a concentrated <laughs> nutrient source. <laughs> they made it taste like something else. It's also a nutritional source, but it would have taken them three minutes to cook. They were obsessed with something called protein. <laughs> yeah, so those guys did libraries, and then they did them in Southwest Asia, Mesopotamia, and Africa. And then they were doing them in China, and they were doing them everywhere. And everyone loves them. Fuck yeah, libraries. Here's the mini quiz. Name this three types of libraries. Well, the first one has got to be the public library. Just a general library of fiction, nonfiction. What's that one called, though? I'm going to give you one freebie, okay? It's called a lending library. Oh. It's one that lends books out. Okay. So if lending library is one then a reference library has to yes <laughs> i was bringing some weird energy to that ringer like for your correct answer it worked i was kind of it's kind of muting it i was doing some like chugging that's like metal chug, chug, chug. that's my shit dude I'm going to start doing that with the dinger. Getting heavy. So you said there's how many kinds of libraries? Three of them. There's a lending library. There's a reference library, which is non-lending. Like an academic library? No. I think you got me. What's the third kind of library? Guess again. You just done three guesses. 
They have something at Ohio State. It's the Billy Ireland Cartoon Library and Museum. They acquired my whole archive of all toothpaste for dinner cartoons Mm -hmm. going back to 2001. Mm -hmm. So they have 19 years worth of toothpaste for dinner cartoons. Uh, And they have something called a reading room where you can request to the person in the room, hey, I want to see this, and they will bring it out. They will bring out either a reference material or like originals to just let you sit there and look at. Mm -hmm. Actually, if you're in Columbus, you can go and you you can say, I want to see toothpaste for dinner, and they'll let you touch my paper I drew on. I don't know why you would want that, but you could if you wanted. So a reading room. That's like a reference library. That's like they'll let you see stuff, but you can't take it home. Well, anyway, shouts out to the Cartoon Librarian Museum here. That's one of the things that the dipshit football program funds. So (laughs) thanks for the money, football morons. (laughs) I exhausted my ideas. It's a mobile library, like a bookmobile. Oh, the bookmobile. We used to have that. I went to a Catholic school for a couple of years. They did bookmobile because the Catholic library, not big, not lit. The bookmobile would come to your school? Yep. That's weird. Well, I don't think we had a very big or a very good library. Yeah. It was a Catholic school behind an Arby's, Natalie. <laughs> it was not. Was it in the back of, a, of like a camper? The bookmobile was, yeah. Was the school? Or is it an old warehouse? The school was in a very <laughs> old building. An old warehouse. Very old. With a broken down truck in front of it. <laughs> there were broken down trucks there, but what's the... <laughs> And this is this was not the free this was not the free school. This was the school you paid to go to. Our Lady of Perpetual Arby's. Just over and over. It's like one of it's like one of my oldest memories is sitting there in school looking out the window and they had the Arby's and I didn't realize it was supposed to be a cowboy hat for like maybe in my 30s at some point, it was a very old neon sign and it would flash and it would say, roast beef, roast beef. <laughs> and I would sit there and watch it. Just, I would watch it over and over. The city planning, man. But we would go, the bookmobile was more like a bus. It was not an RV. Well, I mean, you could live in the bookmobile you need, like, a sleeping did bag. Did the person live in it who drove it? Uh, see, I don't know. I bet you they did. I bet you they had a secret room on top of it. I would have... I don't even think they needed a secret room on top. I think they needed a little carol to stash, like, a sleeping bag and a lantern. And then <laughs> they have all the books they would want. Why wouldn't you live there? <laughs> Do you know uh, something... I don't think it was traumatic, but something that really affected me when I was a kid was there was a book and I think it was in the bookmobile and it was uh, a picture book. It was a a book called something like uh, Think About Paul. And it was a picture book about a kid that was missing all kinds of parts of his body and they had all these close-ups on it. You know, as an adult, I clearly, you know, people who have limb differences, 
people who were born a certain way or whatever. Clearly, like, you know, it's all good. Uh-huh. I, I don't have any lasting problems, but when I was a kid, I had nightmares about, like, waking up and I didn't have any arms. And it was definitely related to that book. And I went back and I reread that book several times because I was like, this is fucked. This kid doesn't have any fingers, dude. <laughs> like... I was I was a fan when I was a kid of the books that were like geared towards like preteens to like young teenagers. And there's those books that are like written for that age group, but it's like really morbid shit about kids with diseases. Or they have some kind of shit going on, and then they're gonna die. And it's the whole book is just about this kid dying. <laughs> I used to like those ones. Uh, yeah, I used to read stuff like that. Like there was one where some chick had lupus. There was one where this chick's sister had leukemia. And they were always just like very dramatic. And they just went into like, it, it was like Cronenberg movies for like little girls. It was just like very graphic about the suffering like of people with these diseases. Like very graphic. I know that I read books like that. And you would have picture books and like there'd be little Caillou's in there. that would be like little bald kids. Right. right. I didn't know it was for girls. There's a thing where with, like, girls of a certain age, like, girls in that demographic are a little bit, like, dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. So they have, like, a thirst for blood. Like, just a little bit. Like, they they are into, like, shit being, like, a little bit fucked up. It's, like, the high drama of it, like, at that particular age is, like, very compelling. Like, that is when I got into V.C. Andrews and I just was like, this is my shit. There was definitely a couple years or maybe even a year and a half the girls at school were, like, unhinged and like the boys were like pretty consistently like very mildly unhinged like we'd wild out or whatever but like the girls like for a second it was like crazy and it's like oh shit let's see where this is going and then like got into high school and everything like kind of settled down but i was in eighth grade i was going through the lunch line and somebody pinched my ass and i turned around and it was some girl and she winked at me and i was like what is going on <laughs> This is school. What are you doing? That's my ass. <laughs> and now to be fair, I do pinch your ass like eight times a day. I can see where the temptation would be. She saw the muffin <laughs> ass and she had to go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Littlest muffin ass. You, gotta, you just gotta... <laughs> just pinch away, baby. <laughs> Thanks to be pinched. I do... <laughs> I I do. If you've ever seen an Otis Spunkmeyer muffin at the store, <laughs> I have two of those. Like maybe about like if you took a, like the top of a Otis Spunkmeyer because your butt is not. <laughs> you microwaved it so it was hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the top of it. Put it in a microwave. <laughs> See, irresistible. <laughs> supposed to eat school lunch now things just change <laughs> oh so libraries also provide other services such as like baby read a book to it <laughs> baby read a book to it i remember when our daughter was young i would get the community email and i would go it'd be like 10 a.m on a wednesday and i would go and the librarian would say, welcome to baby, read a book to it. And you would set your baby <laughs> to be closer to the book. You remember this. I do. <laughs> 
And they would very carefully read a book to it. That's one of the top services of the library. No, oh, excuse me. <laughs> so one of my favorite community services, well, actually, I do community stuff at the library all the time because I'm going to just come out right now. I'm in total library head. <laughs> I go to the library all the fucking time. I look at the stuff in the library. When they have library programs, sometimes I go to them. I'm just a straight up library head. It's in my blood. There's no way I can escape. I once went into the basement of the library and I let them drain my blood. <laughs> it was something called Red Cross. Yeah. Which is like a band. But like They're they, right though. I say I used to, which is like the imperfect tense. I went to it like three or three and a half times. There was a Scrabble club in, and they would also meet. They would meet in the blood draining room, which is really weird. Cause <laughs> I would go to that because on and off, I'm off right now. I have not played Scrabble in a long time, but I used to play Scrabble an awful lot. I did not memorize, but I was very familiar with like the two and three letter word list. I was familiar with the Scrabble dictionaries and like all the good letters and how to organize your rack so you could make like the best words, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And I used to go in the basement of the library. It was like Saturday morning. I remember when it was because it was 2011 when I went because I had just finished writing this book, this little book called Veins. I was going there and I was in the Scrabble Club and somebody asked me like, oh, what do you do? And I was talking to him and I was like, oh yeah, I wrote this book. And they said, oh, what's the book about? And I said, well, it's like this guy and this guy doesn't get along with anybody. Uh, he may have burned down a Wendy's. <laughs> And this lady I'm playing Scrabble with just looks at me. She like dips her head and she furrows her brow at me. And she says, why would anyone want to read that? <laughs> okay, I'm going to interject here. I don't have any opinions on anything you've ever done, really. If you ask me what the fucking greatest thing you've ever done was, it was fucking veins. If you haven't read veins, you're 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 just stealing you're just stealing it from yourself. The library that's local to me uh actually has a couple copies of it. Does it so still? you could go, yeah, the Upper Arlington Library in Columbus. You could go the library actually one of the people at the library found out I lived in the neighborhood and contacted me and actually bought copies of it and I got like a check from the library so you can check it out and read it but you can if you're in Columbus you can request a copy yes is it in the library of congress uh shit I don't know I think one of the other ones is think about who works in congress they'll put anything in their own library if they have those dipshits I think that one's a federal library which means that like any publisher that publishes a book they are required to submit a copy of it to that library. Oh yeah, it has an LOC number, yeah. Yeah, because that's compulsory. I would like to peruse that library. I would love to go to the Library of Congress. How big is that? Pretty big, I bet. You got all the books there. Now we live close to the campus. If you go to the Thompson Library, 
on the Ohio State campus. It's almost unbelievably large. Mm -hmm. Just that. And then there are other libraries on campus that are secret. Not like CIA secret, just <laughs> secret like the annals, I guess you could say, of the cartoon library and museum. And I'm walking through, there's a cart there and there's a big like paper box and there's a stack three or four inches high of original Marmaduke comics. Yeah. Like in the ink and there's like Sharpie. You know when you do like paper comics, how they'll draw it in India ink, but then if there's big areas, they'll black them out in Sharpie. They'll put white out and it was like cut and paste with like the white out. Mm -hmm. And then they had handwritten the caption on it and it was like they'd take the caption and they'd print it. Mm -hmm. They'd set it in type when they ran it in the paper. And I don't like Marmaduke, but there's uh, something called Farmaduke which is they take Marmaduke cartoons and then they pair them with quotes from the drug forums. Yeah. And so it'll be Marmaduke like licking a child on the roof of the doghouse and he'll be like, it was at this point I achieved a four plus state. <laughs> <laughs> and the psychedelic took hold. <laughs> I was tripping balls. So, um, do you know... What time it is, it is time to do this quiz, do this quiz. This is your quiz over the Dewey Decimal System. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you what kind of book I want to read, and you tell me what number it's going to be in. You don't have to tell me the exact one, but like within like 100. So like in the nope. 100s, 200s, 300s, okay? Okay, yeah. I want a book about mountains. It's going to be like 300s. It's like geography. No, 300s is not that. <laughs> where's where's mountains? Um, It depends. If I want to talk about mountain ranges, like the specific ones, then I would be in the 900s, where it's history and geography. But if I wanted one that was about how, how you make a mountain, I'd be in the 500s with science books. I want to read a book about nuns. See, I have never gone to the library. Like I said, I went to Catholic school for a few years. I've never gone to the library and been like, oh yeah, nonfiction <laughs> about nuns. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I made a habit out of it. <laughs> Get it? That's what nuns wear. I I have really no idea. I would guess uh, maybe 100. 200. 200. Okay. So 200 is what, religion? Yeah. I want to read a book about French. I have really no idea. Uh, 100. 400. Four. <laughs> okay. I want to read a book about Shakespeare. If I'm not mistaken, fiction. But not a book about him. A book about Shakespeare? We already discussed that he's not even real anyway. He Right. <laughs> you know, I don't remember why, but I'm going with it. He's you know, real. if you haven't listened to our back catalog, you need to listen to our past episodes. But we discussed why Shakespeare is likely not a real single person. Check out our conspiracy theory episode for more truth about that. <laughs> well, and it's more believable than you would think, well, but you would have to listen to the details. I don't know, 800. Oh, you got one right. 
That's yeah. right. What do they say about a stopped clock? It's in the 800s. <laughs> yeah, baby. I want a book about Windows on the computer. Windows on the computer. Mm-hmm. I want to read about that exciting operating system. <laughs> I bet that's in 700s. It's in the zeros. Did not know there was a zeros. <laughs> I want a book about making toy boats. That would be in 700s. Arts and recreation. That's why I guess 700, because like everything I want to read, everything I read when I was a kid was in 700s. That's the good shit. Yeah. Whenever I think about the Dewey Decimal System, I remember the 698s the most, because I think that's what I put away the most. It was always, I was always putting away reference materials on how to do contractor work. That makes sense, yeah. Right, that's how you do stuff if you uh, are just like self-taught. I'm very much a fan of teaching myself how to do stuff. I'm always teaching myself how to do something. I'm a big fan of that because I hate authority, but I love to learn stuff. Right. So just give me the book. Give me like three or four books and like I'll figure it out. I'll decide arbitrarily what parts are bullshit and which parts aren't bullshit. I'll get the general <laughs> idea of what I'm supposed to do and then I'll go wing it and it usually works out fine. <laughs> I've taught myself all kinds of stuff though. I'm a genius. Think about it. I want a book about cops. Just about police in general? Uh-huh. Hell if I know. I, don't, I have no idea. I don't think I know either. You... <laughs> you don't... You... I think it would be in the 300s. 300s is social sciences. They're not going to be in... They're not going to be in arts and recreation. Unless it was cops learning to paint, then it would be in the 700s. And if it was... <laughs> Let's say you were flying a big cargo plane, right? Mm -hmm. I want you to imagine this, Natalie. You have a huge, one of those U.S. Air Force planes. One of the ones that's just like giant bloated, like they could put tanks in, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just absolutely full of cops, like ragdoll cops. Like hundreds. Floppy cops. Hundreds and hundreds of (laughs) floppy cops. And you were flying and you had so much fuel on this and it takes off out of Hawaii Mm -hmm. in the Pacific. And it goes from Hawaii, it doesn't go to the United States, it goes west. It goes into Asia, it flies over Indonesia, it goes up, up, and it goes over the Himalayas and you just open the cargo bay and you just start Mm -hmm. dropping all of the floppy cops into the (laughs) Himalayas. The floppy cop drop, that's right, into the Himalayas. <laughs> then we're talking the 900s because those are mountains. Where to be sports because it's kind of like they're hiking. <laughs> well, if you've got targets, <laughs> then it's sports. Ah, uh, yes, the great Himalayan floppy cop drop of 2021. <laughs> We have a big trophy for that one. <laughs> How do you make the trophy? That's right, seven hundred arts and recreation. <laughs> uh, what if you set them on fire and then you put like salt on them and you try to figure out what color it's going to be? That sounds like science. That's like five hundred. Yeah, pure science, baby. <laughs> that- <laughs> What if we put some copper oxide on it? 
And that's going to change the color of it, I bet. Maybe the element copper was named after the color a cop makes. <laughs> oh, think about it. Copy cop drop. <laughs> <laughs> One of the oldest public libraries in the country opened in 1790 in Franklin, Massachusetts. And the library was a collection of books that were donated to them by Benjamin Franklin. And they circulated those books in the community. And Benjamin Franklin started a library in Philadelphia in 1731. But he charged for his library. <laughs> So it was a little expensive library. <laughs> it was a 40 shilling subscription fee. I, I would like to point out that Benjamin Franklin was donating his books to a city that was named after himself also. Oh. Franklin, Massachusetts, I would imagine. Oh, Frank. Yeah. I still need to do an episode about Benjamin Franklin because he's pretty good. Yeah. We'll cue that up. You know, if there were a city called Natalie, Massachusetts, you might donate a few books to it right, too. Right, right. I have a bunch of B.C. Andrews books I can borrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to want them back though after they loan them out to people and get them back. <laughs> I have a book on Adobe Photoshop CS6. <laughs> What they don't want you to know about Adobe Photoshop CS6. <laughs> You'll never believe what they were going to teach you about Adobe Photoshop CS6. <laughs> Here's what Adobe Photoshop CS6 looks like now. <laughs> Did you ever do the thing where you make your, your brush thingy, like the little guy at the bottom, be a banana? Um, no, but I learned how to do it. Yeah. Shout out to uh, DeekPod. Deke's Techniques. Deke's Techniques, Deke McClelland. I learned a lot about Photoshop from this person. Right. I mean, I've been doing Photoshop for my whole life, but I could still pop Deke on and be like, wow, I didn't think about doing it like that. Uh, I remember one time Nona drew a picture. We were at the restaurant and she was drawing a picture on the back of a, of a menu. And then when she was done, she wrote Deke's Techniques across the top of it. <laughs> Yeah, we're kind of hippie parents, so we let her watch Photoshop tutorial videos. <laughs> you know, most of, most people did not grow up watching graphic design toots. Have you ever heard of Andrew Carnegie or Carnegie, however you want to pronounce it? I've heard of Andrew Carnegie, yes. He made a bunch of libraries. He spent $55 million between 1886 and 1919 and built 2,509 libraries. It's the equivalent of spending $1.6 billion in today's dollars. Remember when rich people used to do stuff to help the community? People? Like all. a little bit? Yeah. And people loved them. Like, people loved Carnegie. Like, he bought us all this fucking books, dude. I mean, it was, like, long enough ago that he probably remembered better than people now. He probably remembered what happened with the razor. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want him coming after old Carnegie. No, when you make all that money, what did he make his money off of? Steel? I think so, yeah. Steel or oil? Trains. I don't fucking know. One of those natural resources, such <laughs> like, as trains. <laughs> They farm those. Those, those grow out of the, out of the ground. <laughs> Started as a humble man planting train seeds. <laughs> the train seeds are in the tomato of the potato of the train plant. Well, yeah. 
billionaires don't do anything now unless they can somehow make money off the back end of it. Like, they're not going to, like, donate money to solve a problem. They're going to have money going to starting an organization that will pretend to work towards the problem but really be, like, a slush fund or, like, somewhere for them to hide their money. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, the idea of just giving some money so people can read books for free would be, like, Imagine Jeff Bezos being like, yeah, I've made $150 billion off people buying books and quest bars from me, (laughs) but what if I used a bunch of my money and then I had less money, but then people could read the books for free? He'd be like, that's a stupid fucking idea. Right. The number one thing I would do if I got a million dollars is I would pay all my debt. Yeah. (laughs) And then- I would have, I don't know how much money left over. I would do something with it, right? Because society gave you the money. There's no such thing as a self-made billionaire. No, there's not. People like to say, I am a self-made billionaire. Motherfucker, the money came from other people. People gave you the money to do something or to give something to them, right? Mm -hmm. You're taking money off the top. It's surplus capital. It's really fucking simple math, and it's simple social sciences. We're talking 300 in the Dewey Decimal System here. (laughs) Nobody's a self-made billionaire. People can be proud of working hard, sure. If you have a billion dollars, do you know how cheap it is to provide like food and housing for a single person if they don't have secure food and housing? It's really cheap. Right. If you just want to buy like gruel or KFC for a normal person and they can just live in a place that's just like a room that has like a bed and a toilet, that's really not very expensive, especially in a normal place like Columbus. Right. So if I had a billion dollars, I would have places for people to live and they would have a mailbox and you could have a phone and like phones cost like $20 or something. Right. Phones really don't cost that much. So you set everybody up with a place to live and a phone. All of a sudden, you have people in society who can just go, like they just wash in their place they live in, then they just go to work. Right. (laughs) And so they just have, like, this stuff they can do. And, like, working sucks, but, like, it's better than living just, like, not in a house or not in an apartment. Right. So, like, that's the first thing I would do because... Like, even if you don't believe in an afterlife or anything, like, wouldn't you do that? Like, that's the best possible thing you could do with a billion dollars. Right. You'd be like, 100,000 bucks? I'm going to pay off my fucking house. Right. Like, let me get my 15,000 bucks. I'm going to pay off my car. Okay, I have $9.9999 billion left. (laughs) Like, wouldn't you help? people right that's yeah exactly what i would do i mean it doesn't make any sense to do otherwise and also i don't think that a normal person wants that much money you wouldn't have any friends because you would be like my friends are trying to get my money if you had to hang out with like other people who were billionaires it would be really fucking shitty because they'd all be like oh that 50 billionaire has so much more stuff than us yeah he can he can afford a quadruple Mega yacht on top of his other one. I am also very jealous of the 50 billionaire. (laughs) And think about this. If you are 50 billionaire, (laughs) do you ever have the simple pleasure of taking your child to baby read book to it? (laughs) 
they never do. No, they they're paranoid. <laughs> right. They don't do baby read a book to it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do after school book it up. <laughs> Did you do that where you got the free pizza? Book it. I would always do that because I was always reading. Might so well like get some free pizza out of it, bitch. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was booking it. Yeah, and they had, do you remember they had like security measures? They're like, we need to prove that you read the book. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, I. somebody had to like stamp it or sign it or something. Oh, yeah, I think either your teacher or your librarian. Yeah, it was like a license to chill card. <laughs> we had like a button. We had a big, it was like a big purple button and they would put star stickers on it. Yeah, but you'd have to get the stars from the library. Yeah, you couldn't just go to Walgreens and get them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were enterprising enough to cheat the system, like, just read the book, idiot. <laughs> God damn it, it's not going to kill you. Just fucking read a book. Just check. You could have read the book in a little time if you were ambitious about they it. But they give you the sticker when you check the book out. It, you technically don't have to read it. Just check it out and then put it back in the bin on your way out. Did you know that the Carnegie Libraries uh, had apartments on the top floor where the custodians would live? No, that's nice, though. Because they would have to shovel coal into the furnaces all night long. No, that's not nice. <laughs> Into the furnaces of the library Mm -hmm. just to keep the library hot? Keep it toasty. Because I imagine it would be like a lot to reheat it from going cold because it's so big. Oh, yeah. And so you have to make sure it doesn't turn off overnight. Otherwise, it's going to not get warm for a long time. Did you know that librarians used to have a particular style of handwriting that they were taught called librarian hand? I do know that, but I only know that because you taught yourself librarian hand, and you will write in it sometimes. Yes. I made a font of it. It's beautiful. I love it. I'm into different handwritings. I'm into teaching myself different handwritings. It's just like one of my things that makes me popular. That's one of the things that people think is really great about me. They're like, oh, she's so cool the way she writes in all those different ways. (laughs) I have all kinds of friends, handwriting friends. We always have cool parties. <laughs> they always have the best drugs. <laughs> we write, sit around and write and copper plate. Yeah. <laughs> They'll set out little bowls. In the bowls, there will be a little card. And the little card will just be, it'll look like a font. But you get up on it and you can tell somebody hand wrote mescaline on it. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, a beautiful mescaline. I'm like, I'm going to spend all day teaching myself how to use this parallel pen so I can write so it looks like a typewriter. <laughs> That's going to be something I need to do. Making friends, doing useful stuff. The Library of Congress, guess how many books it has in it? As the tiniest quiz. There's got to be very, very many books in the Library of Congress. Probably 40 million. Uh, 168,000,000. Really? Items in the Library of Congress. Is that one of everything? Yeah. They had a calamity in 1814 when they lost the 14-year-old Library of Congress. But back then, there was only 3,000 books in it. So those are the most rarest ones, though. Those are the oldest books, and you lost those. Hey, your library sucks. So yeah, the, the British burnt the building down, is why. Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> they were jealous of our books. Did you know 
that the Library of Congress reproduces magazines in Braille. So if you wanted to read a particular magazine and you were blind and you did not have access to it, a different way of reading it, you can contact them and they will send you a Braille copy of the magazine. Well, that's nice. Kind of stuff that people like to vote down all the time. When people say fiscally conservative, that's what they're trying to get rid of is letting blind people read. Right. Teaching children to do math. Don't do it. Waste of money. That's my money. Right. My favorite is when they have like the levies for the developmental services and people vote them down. Like, what's your fucking problem? When I wake up in the morning and I look in my drawer and I've got my wallet and my phone and my keys and I've got about 68 cents in there. What I like to do is I look at that and I think, well, I could give this to people who would educate and assist and train people with developmental disabilities, but I would rather have these coins. And I'm just going to throw them in my drawer in in the bar here and no one's ever going to take them out. Yeah, no, that's where (laughs) I keep my coins that are mine. So no, you can't have them to learn how to go to work. But I'm going to bitch about you not going to work though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Would you like to guess a very mini quiz? Of course. I want you to guess the three most popular genres in prison libraries. They're fiction? Uh-huh. True crime? No. Really? Yeah. That's for civilians, the outside world to enjoy while people are doing their time. Well, that sucks. Science fiction? No. They don't like science fiction? Mm-mm. I really don't know. Mysteries? No. Paranormal romance. Like Twilight. Young adult titles and the Left Behind series. The Left Behind. What is Left Behind now? Those are those Christian books that are about the rapture and stuff. Oh, everybody good goes to heaven and then everybody who's left behind. Yeah, they get stuck in the book. They're titular (laughs) characters in Left Behind. (laughs) Boy, I wish I wasn't left behind. (laughs) I hate it when I get left behind. (laughs) Tired of running on all these blades. (laughs) Oh, so what did you learn about libraries today? I learned that rich people used to give money to libraries so people could read books. But I feel like they used to be better. Is that true? Probably. Maybe a little, They at least put right? a show on of trying to make it seem, seem like. Uh, promotional consideration for this episode has been provided by Harlem Township, Ohio. Harlem Township, when you want to get out of town, but not that far. Cast away the Harlem Township. <laughs> <laughs> the Nina, the, the Pinta, and the Harlem Township Maria. <laughs> so if you haven't already... Subscribe to us, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. You'll get access to our Discord where we take suggestions from people such as bingo, bango, bongo. You, <laughs> and it's worth noting you are allowed to set your own username so you can do something like that. Whatever you want. I've seen people with extremely long ones. Bizarre usernames. So if that's your wheelhouse, then turn that wheel, baby. <laughs> we got you. Just be free. Let your thing happen. <laughs> Let your thing happen. That's pretty much our slogan. So It's going to happen anyways. Might as well happen here. Read a book to it. <laughs> Maybe read a book to it. <laughs>